So why is today so important? Why are we making such a big deal out of it? And I think that comes from a couple of places. One, Jesus' own calling to pastors. In Matthew 9, 36, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And again, in the Gospels, we see Jesus lamenting over Jerusalem, saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, man, I would have gathered you under my wings as a mother hen does her chicks, because he saw that they too were without a shepherd. You know, when churches look for a new pastor, one of the first things they do is they ask for a resume. So early on in the process, I asked Lee, and I said, hey, would you tell me like about your academic career a bit? Because, you know, I'm interested in that. So he sent me a list. He's got a Bachelor of Arts and Sciences in Communication from Wright State University. He's also got a Master's of Higher Education and Student Affairs, and he emboldened this, the Ohio State University. Yeah. (laughs) He also has a second Master's of Labor and Human Resources from... Thank you. And he has a third master's, and the one we're probably most grateful for, a master's in divinity from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, as well as 10 years as a pastor at MacAv Community. Now, one thing a paper resume does not do well is tell the character of the one who's written the resume. You can't tell their morality. Now, you, we can tell that he's obviously pretty perseverant because he's got three masters, But other than that, it's very difficult to judge a man's character or anyone's character by a paper resume. And so I think probably the most important thing, the most exciting thing for me today is that we're not installing a pastor who's come from another state who we only know vaguely, either from paper or maybe hearing him preach once or twice. We've gotten to see the resume of his soul, right? We've gotten to see the resume of his soul, something that paper resume just doesn't cut. So I could tell you of the many times that I know specifically, because I've either been there or I've known about it, that Leon's been the first one at the house of somebody who's been broken into or who's been in an accident or is at the hospital, or has had a baby. He's the first one there. That's left up to the elders, but Leon doesn't believe that, and he goes there himself. But I won't tell you those things. I could tell you the countless times that I personally have been in the room with him when someone seated across from us is angry, or fearful, or sorrowful, because their heart's been broken. And anybody here who knows Leon knows what the next words out of his mouth are. I hear you, brother. How can I care for you? A resume of his soul. And I could tell you the times when I get up in the morning and I check my emails and there's an email from Leon to the elder board talking about a previous agenda, an upcoming agenda. And I look, and guess what? He sent it at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I know it's because he was out counseling someone, staying up late praying with someone, or doing something that we all know is selfless Leon, to his own detriment at times. But I won't tell you about those times. But I will indulge, if you will indulge me, Leon is a kind-hearted, gentle soul whose love for people, especially those for one reason or another, are in distress. And that virtually outweighs his own personal needs. He's a meek servant at heart who goes to great ends to make sure that others are cared for. And I wanted to tell a secret about Leanne that I hope I won't get in trouble for. Because he doesn't know. I'll take the heat. Did you guys know that Leon has two congregations? Did you guys know that? 
Yeah, I didn't think so. He's got a congregation that resides in this room, in these walls, at this location called Mac Ave Community Church. And he's also got one that might be named the 48214, or the city of Detroit, or the poor and the distressed and the lonely. And every person who knows Leon knows that he's got that second congregation. We've just never put it into words. So if you guys would welcome Pastor Leon up here. would remain stand and pray with me please amen lord jesus we come before you heavenly father we are honored to be in your presence and we're honored to install leon stevenson as our senior pastor lord as you've grown him from a youth allowed his family and friends, Father God, to have influence in him. And then you've taken those gifts and talents, Father God, and by your Holy Spirit, you've churned those things, you've forged them in fires, in deep and difficult circumstances, and trials and tribulations, and joys as well. Lord, we're grateful for the man that you've created. Lord, your word's clear in the scriptures that a man who desires to be an elder or a pastor desires a good thing, and he's to be honored. And so, Lord, that's what today is about. We're here to honor Leon Stevenson, Rebecca, and their entire family. So, Lord, may this day be crowned with your blessing, with your grace. Lord, as we honor you by honoring Leon. In Jesus' name. down, um, I, I need to first bring my family up. Come here, kids. Come here, Ozzy. Come here, Leila. Come here, boo. So this is my, uh, my, my amazing crew. I've been uh, gifted with the opportunity of, given the opportunity and the blessing to be the father of these four kids and uh thank you know what we'll come come on let's come in front come on Izzy. i, I want to start because I, I got a lot of acknowledgments to give today because uh i know that i'm here because of the overwhelming love of all of you in this room but i gotta recognize those that are the closest to my heart and uh kids you have been a blessing to daddy we kick it and we have our uh, our jokes. We break out in song together and uh, I just need you to know that you are a joy unto me, an emotion that none on this earth can bring forth. It's something about you guys that bring a love into my heart that I, I can't describe. And I'm just so, so privileged and honored to be your father and to be your pastor. Go ahead and have a seat, y'all. Go sit with Shana. (laughs) Baby. (laughs) You're not going to sing. I ain't going to sing. I ain't going to do that. But what I will say is, so 
I thought I had the Chocolate Brothers on lock. Like, I thought Denzel was imitating me back in the day, okay? Had a little bit of arrogance, tried to, you know, use my, put my bait out there, see if she would take it, and she never took it. <laughs> but, but, boo, I'm so thankful that over the years, you've shown me that you've been attracted most to the man God has made me to be. And the man he's continuing to make me into. And I'm so thankful for your love and your support. And Mac family, you have seen this woman in the DNA of this body. But the blessing that you get occasionally, I get daily. Thank you, boo. I, um, the brothers, I bring a Tim up, right, Matthew? The brothers at, uh, they said, um, hey man, this is a day where we get the opportunity to celebrate you. Who would you like to hear from? And so, uh, I, I, I had two people come to mind. Uh, a third was my friend, Chris, who's, uh, working on his B- PhD at BU. We met in seminary and we've been able to ride together, but something happened with his work where he could not be here. Um, but the, the two that came to mind was uh, my cousin Derek, who's going to give a, a charge on behalf of the family because you see my family rolls deep. We in here. Yes, yes, yes. We in here. Amen. Uh, but then right away, my brother Tim, my, my, my previous pastor, Tim. Uh, When we lived out in Boston, uh, he gracefully, faithfully modeled what pastoring was to me. Uh, He welcomed me in behind the scenes and uh, showed me that it's not all glorious. (laughs) There's some some non-glorious sides of pastoring. (laughs) But but more importantly, he modeled for me a, a, a love for Christ a love for his family, and a love for his community. And so uh, right away, I told the brothers, I don't know how, y'all, but I need to get a word from Tim in this program somehow. Uh, yeah, also, uh, yeah, so, brother, come on up. Because I, I, I want you to have an opportunity. Thank you for being blessing over these years, brother. So, family, this is a little weird. We're trying to work this out for the new folks in my family. I'm usually in the fourth row from the back with my family. I'm never on the stage. I've, this is the first time we've done this. So you're going to have to, like, talk to them and then swing your neck back and talk to me. But we'll work it out. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good morning. Again, my name is Tim Bushfield. I'm the lead pastor of a little church just north of Boston called Community Church of East Gloucester. Um, And I'm here to give sort of the first charge. That's not a criminal thing. That is an invitation, a commission, a call to the role of being a senior pastor at a church. Um, Why am I here? I'm, I'm actually probably here because back in 2004, 2005, I'd stepped into my first lead pastor role and I had no idea what I was doing. And that same year, this young seminary couple began attending community church. Leon and Rebecca Stevenson, you may know them. I remember having you guys over for dinner in our little third floor apartment up at the Parsonage. Uh, I got to enjoy them in my early formative years. And they were part of my early journey, part of that identity shaping that takes place when God calls you to something way bigger than you can handle. Uh, and in 2008, we were heartbroken when they left us for some crazy church plant thing in what Detroit, uh, in the 4821, what? And we little, little did we know all these years later, how we'd get to see the incredible journey that God has had you two on your family on this church. Um, I mean, back in the day, Rebecca was on our worship teams, and I was still there, and her voice was a gift to our church, but you know, her heart was the real gift to our church. We miss you guys so much. Leon, 
even as a seminary student, he was on our preaching team. Now we've got a group of people that meet every week to study the word together, to seek the Lord together and say, what do you want for your church this week? Uh, and this was essential for, we even gave each other feedback and said, dude, your sermon was terrible. So next week, step up your game a little bit. Uh, even, he even had the opportunity to preach a number of occasions, uh, even as a seminary student while he was at the church. And Leon, I don't know, some sermons, they get preached and then they're gone. That happens. Some of my own sermons I preach and then they're gone. I don't remember what I preached later that evening. But Leon, there was a sermon you preached that I still remember to this day. I remember your big idea. Your big idea was this. What God calls you to, he provides you through. What God calls you to, he provides you through. So, Leon, I'm here this morning to give you a pastoral charge. But if nothing else, I'm just here to throw your own words back in your face. (laughs) I'm here to remind you of what you taught me all those years ago. That what the Lord calls you to, he'll provide you through. And I'm going to charge you to do three things. Three things you got to do to be a pastor. Not that you don't know this. He's been a pastor for a decade. Anyways. Number one, Leon. You've got to lean on Jesus. Before anything else happens, before you lead a church, your heart needs to be entwined with that of Jesus. The job of a lead pastor is impossible. Has anyone seen the job description? It reads something like, Teacher, scholar, visionary, counselor, healer, mystic, conflict resolution specialist, administrator, custodian, motivational speaker, prophet, financial guru, quarterback, coach, and cheerleader. Picture him with pom-poms. No single human being can do this. And fortunately, the Bible never asks us to. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. He will not make your paths easy. He will not always make them clear, but he will make them straight to himself. Ministry's got to be overflow of that first and most important thing. You've got to lean on Jesus. Your strength is going to fail. So let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Your wisdom will not be sufficient, but his ways are higher than ours. And your heart will fail, but give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. So first and foremost, Leon, lean on Jesus. And then lead his people. Lead his people. But even as I say that, you've got to remember, this is not your church. This is his church. And so you are not called to lead from above, lording it over them like the Gentiles do. You are called to lead from among them. Not imposing your will, but together with this church family, seeking after God's best, beautiful and perfect will for Mac Avenue. You're not here to do ministry for these people. You are here to equip these people, to draw out their gifts, to, to, to encourage them and to lead them so that their gifts are being used for God's kingdom purposes. That's leadership. It's not being the star of the show. It's actually being beneath the whole system, putting others forward that they might shine for God's glory. That's what Paul's talking about in Ephesians 4 when he says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to do what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So your job is to lead these people. It is to equip them and to bring them to a place of unity centered on the person and work of Jesus and to grow them to a place of maturity So teach them accurately and responsibly from the scriptures. Counsel them in crisis and in uncertainty and in decisions. Be part of their healing as you encounter the wounded 
and the lost. And even bring healthy confrontation and maybe a fine dose of admonishment to the wayward, to the rebel, or to the disillusioned. You are called to lean on Jesus. We are also called to lead these people. But lead from among them, not from above them. Equip them. So you're going to lean on Jesus. You see, there's three L's here. You've got to lead his people. And lastly, and you've already heard some reflection of this this morning, you've got to love this city. Uh, This church is one of the best examples of a balanced approach that keeps the gospel at the forefront and yet is also actively involved in meeting the practical and tangible needs of the city. We sent a team up here in 2016 from Community Church to learn from all of you, to say, how do you do that well? And we were in awe of what God has been doing through MacAv. And Leon... Um, you are perhaps uniquely called now to model and carry that identity forward as a church, that that remains just central to the DNA of what this place is. Um, This church loves and serves those who don't know Jesus yet. It's in Isaiah 49 that God says, it's too small a thing. For you to be my servant, just to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. God's saying it's too small a thing just to have a good church. It's too small a thing just to hang out with those God has already called. He says, no, no, you're thinking too small. I will also make you, says the Lord, a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. That is the heartbeat of God. Let that be your heartbeat too, as it keeps time. So in all this, Leon, I realize this isn't new. You know this. But on this day, it bears being reminded of these things. Lean on Jesus. Lead his people. Love the city. And it's an impossible task. You can't do it. It's too great a task. But, you know, a wise man once told me that what God calls you to, he provides you through. Leon, you've got this. Because the Lord Jesus has this church. And the Lord Jesus has got you. Amen, brother. I love you. And I think at this point, Derek is going to come and continue the charge. So he put this back in the stand. I almost couldn't get it out. But um, I appreciate uh, Reverend Leon. Now, I said that for you all. Now, I'll say Ramon because that's what I call him. <laughs> um, I appreciate you asking me to do this. Um, but I will tell you, I don't appreciate having to go behind Matthew. And then Tim, (laughs) although he was a tall brother, that's a big brother there. (laughs) But I'm going to say, I mean, I will speak from nothing but the heart because uh, there's no more love that can be shown than this man Leon shows. You heard his resume. He's done a lot of things. He's been, he's very well educated. I didn't know, man. You, you, you should have a big head, man. <laughs> but, um, throughout all his education, we used to wonder, why are you working these jobs that don't have nothing to do with what you went to school for? One job sticks out in in my mind strongly is when he decided, with all that education, to sell shoes. (laughs) He sold shoes, you all. That's enough to make my aunt and his mother 
so aggravated, let alone my grandmother, that was so aggravated because how in the world we spend all this money and you sell shoes? I mean, you're, I'm sorry, you all, I'm speaking from a family point of view. But as I continue to go back in my mind, because I did have a nice little drive here like three hours. I think that that was preparing him to have a servant heart. And everything that he's gone through in his life, from his inception to right now, has prepared him. That's what God does. He prepares us. And now he's reached not the pinnacle, but a, but a point in preparation to lead and serve his people. Now with that, I will ask you, ouch, don't forget about us little people. Continue being the husband and father and brother, friend that you've been. Do not let the rigors and the anxieties that can come with pastoring weigh you down and just suck all the life out of you. Understand that life is now blown in you that much more. I will leave it like this because he made sure I understood that I had five minutes. <laughs> As Mordecai in the book of Esther told Esther, you were born in, for such a time as this. We appreciate you, man. We appreciate the man you've become. We appreciate where you're headed. And Detroit, Mac Avenue, is very lucky and blessed to have a servant heart like yours, brother. And in Jesus' name, I say amen. The New Testament word for church, ecclesia, means to call out. First of all, excuse me. Derek, thank you. Great word, brother. Tim, thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. The New Testament word for the church, ecclesia, means to call out. Thus, the church is a community of called out people. The good news of God's great gospel has called us from the shadow of sin to the marvelous light of salvation. In gratitude for our emancipation, we gladly serve as tangible testimonies of God's invincible love and His infinite grace. The church was instituted by and belongs only to Jesus Christ and does not exist for itself, but exists to carry out a fourfold mission. One, to exalt the Savior. Two, to equip the saints. Three, to evangelize the sinner. And four, to enrich society. And, you know, Tim brought it up, and we were talking about earlier. I mean, for me, I think that was the thing that mainly drew me to Mac Ave, is they hold the gospel high, and they hold humanity high, and they do the works of the gospel very well as making sure they preach and we preach the gospel well. We can fulfill this mission as called out persons because on the day of Pentecost, God poured out his Holy Spirit on us. The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us, raising us, and the communities that we serve to new life. The sacred partnership between a congregation and pastor is not happenstance, but rather a holy arrangement orchestrated by an omniscient God. Thus, I invite you to joyfully and lovingly enter into covenant with Leon, realizing that this moment in time was actually predestined in eternity even before the foundation of the worlds were established. Therefore, members of MacAv Community Church on this 26th day of August on the year of our Lord 2018, I offer the following charge to you. 
And if you concur as a member of MAC, when appropriate, please with, respond with, we accept. I've got about eight or nine charges. I charge you to be a spiritual community of love. You should also be a community where care and compassion abound. The ministry of care and compassion is not simply the job description of Leon. It's the job description of the entire church, Galatians 6.2. Apostle Paul instructs us to bear one another's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ in addition for caring in addition to caring for and showing compassion to one another never become so insular that you fail to impact the lives of those outside the church leon's other congregation who have no advocate who are mired in hopelessness and ravaged by injustice be known as a friendly church and a community church if you concur please say we accept I charge you to eagerly accept the leadership of Leon. Great leadership is dependent upon willing and consistent followship. Trust that Leon is a person of prayer who desires to lead the congregation according to the perfect will of God. Grant Leon room to make mistakes. Grant Leon room to make mistakes. A mistake-free ministry would simply be evidence of a lack of courage and vision. If you concur, please say we accept. I charge you to be committed to Christian education, also to support the work of the church through the faithful stewardship of your time, talent, and treasure, thereby extending the reach of the church's fourfold mission. Put your love of God and the church into action by your generosity. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Use your God-given skills for the congregation's ministries and initiatives. Attend the services and meetings whenever possible. Most importantly, pray without ceasing for your church, Leon and his family, and live in expectancy of the Lord's return. If you concur, please say we accept. I charge you to regularly demonstrate love, care, and compassion for the total well-being of Leon and his family. To honor Leon's family is to honor Leon. Also encourage him to maintain good spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional health. Encourage Leon and his family to engage in the Sabbath rest. If you concur, please say we accept. I charge you to strive diligently for unity and peace, Ephesians 4.3. This church should have a peaceful aroma in it. It should be holy ground instead of a battleground. Do not expect the church to be free of problems and free of disagreements. Robust dialogue and earnest disagreements are natural features of a covenant relationship. Yet ensure that your dialogue and disagreements never dishonor the Lord. Jesus insists that peacemakers are blessed and are the true children of God. If you concur, please say, we accept. Finally, I charge you to joyously embrace change and never major in the minor things. God has united you with Leon for the purpose of transforming this congregation, this community, and the world. Do not waste God's time in trivial arguments or pursuits. Worry less about a renovation project and focus more on building up torn down lives. Worry less about the budget and focus more on God who richly supplies all of our needs. Dream big dreams for God. And wait expectantly as God transforms dreams into realities. Here's a reality right here of a dream. Always remember that our God is able to do exceedingly abundant above all we dare, ask, hope, dream, or desire. Ephesians 3.20. If you concur, please say, we accept. Uh, I'm going to bring Pastor Leon back up as he's going to bring a small charge of uh, preaching. Thank you very much. I know I ain't. There we go. Praise the Lord. I don't know if I'm going to make it through. We're going to see. Just some housekeeping tips. Uh, I love the sound of the children. So if you feel like you are distracting others because your children are present, 
don't leave. I'd rather have you here in the room and your child screaming than you leave because you are blessing me right now. Amen. Amen. I um, man, it is is because your words. I mean, this this I haven't heard him say Leon. I'm 40. I don't think he said that since I was like six months and he found out what my name was. They, the whole family calls me Ramon because that's my middle name. But he's called me Loop the Loop or Looper since I was like this. So, Cuzzo, appreciate you, man. And Tim, my brother, you've, you've been a voice of wisdom for me during some tough times. And I, I just thank you for your love. I thank you for the words you, get, you, you gave today. I will continually replay it in my mind. I, I got to first start with the foundation of Macav because you seeing me as a small picture of this church. Uh, I was one of a team that started this church and one of the founding pastors is also here. So E. Nielsen, I need you to stand up for a second, baby. Indeed. Thank you, brother. He, we, we, we serve together. He's still a part of this community. But uh, I, w- I would, I've got to recognize that it's not been me and me alone. Uh, as you know, Pastor E, uh, he's overseas, and I'm so thankful for his commitment to gospel-centered preaching. I'm thankful for his commitment to his family, uh, and I'm thankful for that he reached out and said, hey, Lee, I'm considering doing something that uh, is not the norm. Usually we go to seminary, we finish seminary, we join an established church. But but I love seeing people hear the gospel, experiencing the gospel. And uh, don't worry, we good. Uh, (laughs) And would you join me in doing that? And so uh, I'm thankful for E. Nielsen. I'm thankful for Pastor E. And there was a couple other brothers who weren't able to be here but send their love a gentleman named uh, Tony Steck was a part of our founding team and a brother named Matthew uh, and his wife Lisa were on our pastoral staff for some time. So I want to make sure I give acknowledgement to them. Uh, I, I, that, that's a crew that helped with the foundation of Mac Church. But today I, I got a bomb squad of elders. So elders, would y'all please stand up? Alvin, Alex, Jonathan is somewhere. I don't know where JD is. Matthew, and uh, actually, to be honest, I saw Joseph. Would you go outside? Because JD was outside caring for a brother. Uh, Would you help him out, please? Thank you. Um, There's other people in the room that serve faithfully within ministries all over the city uh, and over this nation. If you are a pastor that pastors, would you please stand up or a minister that that is ministering in your local church? Would you please stand up? Amen. Amen. Thank you all, because uh, let, let, let us be reminded, Macav, that it is not just about us. We co-labor with others in this kingdom advancement. Amen? Amen. I got, uh, I got some family in town, but I'm going to start with my siblings. Now, it's interesting because I have no kind of full-blooded sibling. I'm the only product of my mom and dad. But that don't matter to all my siblings. I'm so thankful that uh, our bond is even stronger than blood ties. Uh, Y'all have walked with me, seen my nosiness and digging in your life. (laughs) Always got questions. But y'all have been there for me. Y'all have rocked with me. Y'all have supported me every step of the way. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful you all are here. If you're one of my siblings, my beautiful siblings, stand up for a second. 
Amen. Amen. Love y'all. And then I have some extended family. Now, uh, I don't really know what that means because when I was a kid, they could whoop me. So <laughs> I got my uncles in the house, my aunts, my, my big cousins, you know, folks that have been there forever. And they the ones with the X-Files, the 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 three-year-old Leon and Speedos, you know what I'm saying? The, the first time I tried to cut my hair, you know what I'm saying? They got the X-Files, so just keep those away from the church, y'all. That's between us. But if you are extended family, cousins, aunties, uncles, would you please stand? Amen. Amen. Love y'all. Love y'all. And if you are a friend, and this is crazy, because I have some friends in the room that uh, I I hope you destroyed those rap mixtapes we made freshman year of college. (laughs) Don't let those out. Don't let those out. It's crazy because so so we had an RSVP list and I didn't look at it. Because I knew every time I look at it, I'd I'd start crying and be overwhelmed by the support of all of you. And I've got friends that I have made here in Detroit that it's like, man, I feel like I've known you since birth. I've got family here in Detroit that that welcomed me there the first year here, the the second year here, and they... Blessed us with with their minivan. I mean, I got a friend here that I went to high school with. He now lives in London, and he's here. So if you are a friend... And you've come... Famous for Christ, if you are a friend and you've come from out of town or you are in town, if you are a friend, please stand for a moment. Thank you. Love y'all. And if you are a person that's, uh, just been willing to let me walk with you in life. You've been willing to let me be there when your children were born. Counsel during disagreements. Walk together as as our community faced trials or whether our backs were aching because we was moving you in. If you've sung on this stage or passed out backpacks, if you've had to sometimes sit in this room when the heat wasn't working and my preaching was going just about 18 minutes too long. Mac family, if you're in the room, would you please stand up? Amen. Amen. I've, um, I'm going to try to keep it short. I wrote down stuff. Because I know every time I look up, I get flooded with emotion. So I'm going to try to look back to this and stay on track. But the spirit might lead elsewhere. So be prepared. I, uh, I learned the richest lessons about God in my home. I learned and was able to receive the clearest image of God within the confines of my home. My uh, my full name is Leon Stevenson III. I'm, I'm named after this gentleman right here. You got to stand up for a second. It's my dad. You see that? You see that shirt tie game right there? You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. You see where I'm picking it up? I uh, I, I was able to to be. I was able to see this man's coolness. I mean. He the type of dude that like you put on a shirt and he put on a shirt and the shirt just looked better on him. You know what I'm saying? 
like just had a, a cool swag about him my whole life. And he was always able to relate to people. And uh, somehow that trait was passed into me. It, it is not unheard of that I'd be at a grocery store and I'm talking with the clerk about her ills, her pains or her struggles. The line is backing up and I oftentimes remember something to the effect of, oh, ma'am, I'm sorry to hear that. Did you get my coupon? <laughs> like there's this trait that this man has passed on to me that I can connect with anyone for some reason. But I also think it was a God given trait. I um, I've been I've been blessed by him in these recent years. But uh, there there was a there was a time earlier on in my life where my dad was wrestling with his own demons. He was wrestling with some struggles in his own life. And so my dad not being present left me to wrestle some. I at one point. uh, I just struggled with loving myself. Because if my dad wasn't present, then how could I love me and who else would love me? There was a season where where I wrestled. But I say I've learned the greatest aspects of who God is from my home. Because God did a great work in me by showing me his love was even greater than the earthly love I've received from my parents. And then he did something miraculous. He worked out a love in my dad. That has shown me two aspects of the character of God. The first is the beauty of forgiveness. He's shown me his forgiveness of all of my dad's past. And then he showed me the healing that would take place in my heart as I was able to forgive. Now my dad is one of my best friends. And I, one of my best friends. And I've also seen perseverance because out of that love, he pursued each of us. As I was driving in each Sunday, I'm right about to walk into the door of the church. I get a voicemail from my dad that says, hey, love you, praying for you. Hope you have a great day. Not one Sunday, not two Sundays. This was Sunday after Sunday for about two years. And, and the reason, the reason why you can see all of my siblings here is because of his pursuit of all of us. So I'm thankful for what God has shown me through you, dad, in, in, in forgiveness and in perseverance. We didn't know how much we would need to be together in this past six months, you know, but I'm thankful that he's used you to be there. To allow us to be unified. Colossians 1.13 says. For he has rescued us from the domain of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. So if my dad is who I've learned some perseverance from. I've learned some forgiveness from. I got to swing over to my beautiful mama. Hey there. Now my mom, my mom is uh, the the quintessential idea. The the when you ask me what do I think of strong black woman, she is who comes to mind. I know, right? Come on. <laughs> my my earliest memory of church and of hearing music is of my mother in the gospel choir. I cannot tell you what she sang. All I can tell you is there is a cadence that I can still remember today, pictured kind of the age of Elisha, remembering my mom singing in the choir. My mom just has an extroverted personality. When she comes into the room, she's ready to kick it. I remember her kind of looking like this, 
angel. I mean, we went skating one time, and I just as a kid remember my mom skating, but it was like a black angel with an afro, you know what I'm saying? Just rolling, you know? That, that, that was my mama, just just the just the 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 epitome of, of strength. And so when I was in college and uh and and my mom shared with me that uh that she was diagnosed with a, a disease that had been dormant, it rocked me for a bit. It rocked me because this woman who has always been a physical pillar of strength for me was in a place where I couldn't do anything. And, and you know, as a child, the thing you hate to see is your parent in any type of pain. And so I bring this up, not so you would ever have pity on my mother, but I bring it up. Because in the midst of her taking on a new challenge, a new physical challenge, I saw a new level of strength birth out of you, Ma. I do not remember a time, and I know there's been some times where the challenges have been a struggle, but I don't remember a time where you've ever complained. That's been a, that's been a, a, a motivation of, It's been a tool of inspiration, a tool of encouragement for me. And I've actually seen your faith go deeper. I've actually seen your celebration of God be expressed that much more. When you heard, we got to a pause and common kind of chill moment. And you heard that voice say, and let the church say, amen. That was her. Come on. So I've learned worship. I've learned celebration. I have learned that even in our weakness, God can make you strong. The images I've learned and been able to understand of who this beautiful God is, I've learned it from in my home. I've learned it from my dad. I've learned it from my mom. And last but not least, I learned it from my stepfather, Arnold Mitchell. Now, I only say stepfather so y'all don't get confused, but from here on out, I would just be saying dad, father, and pops. Because this man came into my life when I was six and married my mom when I was eight. And, uh, uh, I mean, he adopted me. I mean, it, 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 there was no papers involved. There was none of that legal stuff. But when you own the lease of the house that I get to stay in, when you <laughs> use the money out of your pocket to provide the meals, when this little eight-year-old boy is ready to jump out of trees, adventurous, and you saving my life, I think you get to have the t- title adopted father. I've... Uh, I've learned a lot from this hardworking man. He wasn't a man that would say, oh, come here, son. Let's talk about your feelings. How are you doing today? No, no. That, 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 that ain't Arnold Mitchell. But he demonstrated his love in a variety of other ways. He demonstrated his love by showing me generosity. I would know that he was proud of me. I would know that he was celebrating me when he would buy me something. It was it was a it was a cool expression where I knew, man, that, that new Nintendo, those new Jordans, those that fresh outfit. And I, and I, and I got some of my desire. If y'all don't know me uh, and you knew, first off, I welcome you here. It seems like this is a lot about me. Y'all trust me. I'm getting to a point and I hope you see everything we do is about Christ. But today I've been humbled by this amazing church that says, We want to put a little bit of focus on you as you're going to be leading us in the future. So I'm thankful for this congregation. But visitors, we don't do this every Sunday, all right? (laughs) But I would watch my dad prepare. He would would come clean the house. After he cleaned the house, get the car clean. After the car clean, get that big bottle of spray starch. Hit the jeans just right. (laughs) I learned my fresh from him. 
wanting to be clean, you know. But I also learned perseverance. Because as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, I thought I knew everything. And I'm trying to challenge the system of the household. Now, my mama, she's my mama. But she's still a woman. And so sooner or later, a man wants to, like, let that chest out a little bit, you know. Want to act like you running something in the house. But see, my dad, for some reason, always had her back. So I learned kind of quick that there became a a true and healthy reverence, a true and healthy fear, because a couple times he put me in my place. (laughs) Remember one time I swole up on him, said a little something. I knew next thing I knew my arm was behind me, my (laughs) neck was, you know, a little little shortness of breath. (laughs) But I tell you. It developed a healthy fear, a healthy reverence, something that actually was instilled in me that that affects how I interact with people all over this world. I might have a problem with you as an authority, but I recognize you're an authority because of his presence. I also learned what it means to have a solid work ethic. This man would go out every day working hard providing for our family and physically going through something that was demanding on his body. But but later I would learn that the very place that he was working and serving, he would later have to sue for racial discrimination. But I'm a child, 14, I know it all. And yet you continue to To love me when I know there was times I pushed those boundaries. And I know as I walk through these streets and Mac, as we do our outreaches and we are going in and out of the community, I'm seeing families that lack a father's presence and it's crippling. It's damaging. See, I've I've learned reverence. I've learned I've work ethic. I've learned worship. I've learned forgiveness. And I've learned all of that in the confines of my home. But fam, as we do life here, MacAv, and we walk these streets of West Village, of Indian Village, of St. Clair, of Harding, of Pingree Park, there are many families that are fatherless. But I'm not talking about lack a male presence. I'm talking about they lack the father, our holy God. You see, our long-term vision, our long-term goal as a family is not building out this church and making it big, having 12 services, Doing a bunch more backpack outreaches. Our long-term plan in this community, in this church, is to see each home on this block have the Father present. That is our end game. That is our end goal. And so some think that they have the Father present. We, we all are modeling what it looks like to either serve a God or be a God. We all are modeling the Father. So is everybody supposed to be like you? I try to be perfect. I can't do it. So even to my children, I, 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 I say to them, Dad tried. I'm sorry I made a mistake. Dad tried. Didn't go that well. Dad tried. I'm going to try again. But will you forgive me in the future? Because I'm probably going to hurt you. (laughs) But you see, we all are modeling whether we are God and people are to imitate behind us 
or we serve a God who we are trying to imitate. It's only two camps. Which are you in? Which are we taking forth to this community so that they may learn the beauty of a forgiving God? The beauty of a God who doesn't give up on them, who continues to pursue, pursue, pursue. When we worship so many things, and don't get me wrong, I love when the baseline come in. So we, when we worship in Jay-Z, Beyonce, we worship in so many things in our culture, and yet God gets the back seat. What does it look like for us to embrace those aspects of culture, but put them in their right place? That when it comes down to who we imitate, I don't want you imitating me. Even as your lead pastor, I'm so thankful by the support, the encouragement, the cards, the travel tickets. Come on with it. (laughs) Gas. I'm so encouraged. But family, we are pursuing Christ together. So I say, you imitate me as I imitate Christ and Christ alone. Amen. Amen. So I'm asking you, Mac family, as you celebrate me. Oh, I'm pausing. Because I'm truly celebrating you all. I'm celebrating an army, an army that happens to be my family. A army that happens to be my friends, a army that happens to be my cousins, armies that happens to be my parents. March with me as we collectively take the father to each home in this community. Amen. Amen. Amen.